Man, that is awesome. God is moving all over the planet, amen? And we're excited about what God's doing here in the Lacey Thurston County area, but we're excited about what God is doing on other continents as well. How many have ever been to Africa? Go ahead and raise it really high. Only a three in the whole first service. Wow, way more this service. So that's fantastic. Some of you online been to Africa. God is moving across the world, and we want to be part of what God's doing. In our church, it's very, very important. We feel like one of the reasons why we have been successful as a church is because we have put other churches, other places on, on the map ahead of ourselves. And so every year we pray, we give, we go. Uh, last year, I didn't get to go somewhere around the world to serve Jesus, and it hurt. I love to go. In fact, I've gone, I'm looking at faces uh, here today, people I've got to go halfway around the world with and just have incredible experiences with. And so it's fun to serve the Lord. Um, it's fun to give. It's just great to pray. And listen, I believe this, that if you've encountered Christ, then every part of your life should reflect a life that's encountered Christ. Amen. I think that our giving should show a life that has encountered Christ, that we should really reflect the Lord in everything we do, including how we handle money. And so in our church, I want to be clear, next week we're going to receive this card. Uh, we sent some out in the mail. There's one in the seat back in front of you. You can get it online at the website. And it is a place to say, God, with your help, I'm going to give this much to world missions. I'm going to sacrifice in some way. I'm going to trust you. What, it doesn't just say, what can I do? It's like, what can I do with God's help? And over the years, a lot of us have sown tens of thousands of dollars into missions just because we stop and say, Lord, help me. Uh, I want to give to your kingdom. I care about people across the world, not just right here um, in my city. And so as a church, we've been able to just do amazing things. Millions of dollars have gone into missions around the world because of people like us who just sacrifice on a monthly basis to give. And so um, if you are going to be here next week, we're going to actually take a top moment next week to fill this out, lay it on the altar at the end of the gathering. If you're here uh, live, if you're not live, you can fill it out online on the website. Um, also, you got it in the mail. You can drop it by the box or drop it by the office as well. Listen, don't, don't assume that these 40, 50 missionaries we have, we'll just fund them forever. Like we have to, as a missions team in the church, have to stop and say, how many can we support? Uh, we have missionaries that we have not given a raise to in like 15 years. Imagine if you didn't get a raise for 15 years, what that would do to your budget. And we have, some, we have a line of missionaries that we want to support and get around the world. So thank you for giving, for praying, and for going. I love going. I love praying. And I love people who are heroes who serve around the world, all right? Isn't it a good time in, uh, in Washington? In, it's like spring is right around the corner. Hallelujah. And next week, like it's going to be light on Sunday till 8 o'clock at night. Come on, somebody get excited. Somebody besides me. I hear people who I thought knew God say things like this. I have to lose an hour of sleep. I'm like, what, are you just, you just asking to go to hell? Because I'm excited about the sunshine, man. I'm ready for it. And so um, I love that it's springtime. I love that it feels like we're turning the corner on this virus a little bit. I am excited that um, we're springing forward. It's going to be light next week. I don't know where you're going to be like next Sunday night at 8 o'clock, but be outside. Okay, just be outside. Go for a walk. It's going to be amazing. Um, just kind of shifting gears, we have a guest with us today. Oh, let me not forget, next week Solomon Wong is going to be with us. Um, Solomon Wong has a tremendous story. Last year he was getting on an airplane to fly here uh, and challenge us to give 
give to missions and support missions and all those things. And before he got on the plane, the day before, we had to cancel his trip. And one of the most exciting speakers, my friend Sujo John, said, this is my mentor, my friend. You should bring Solomon. Solomon came in and everybody just like blown away, like what a great guy. And he's going to be here next weekend, so don't miss it. We'll try to add Rose. If you're not going to be able to be in person, make sure you're watching online. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic time next week. All right. Uh, shifting gears. My friend Hillary is here today. And uh, Hillary is just one of these people who just like, I want to serve Jesus with my life. I don't care about all the attention, the acclaim. I just want to serve the Lord with my life, and I want him to do something great in my life. So she's a strategic uh, a worker for Jesus uh, who we love and support, and she's uh, decided that she's going to give her life to an unreached people group, uh, left Western Washington, where most of us are, a lot of us are from, and decided to serve Jesus in East Africa. So would you welcome Hillary as she comes to share today? Come on. Well, good morning. It's wonderful to be here with you guys. Um, I know um, before when I uh, when I was planning to go overseas four years ago, I had uh, the opportunity to come in and shoot a My Story video because I wasn't going to have time to come in person. And um, in the My Story piece, I remember Pastor asking me, "What is your biggest fear?" As you're going, you know, to Africa and you're going to like an unreached people group, uh, what, what is your biggest fear? And actually, I didn't think, my biggest fear wasn't about personal safety. My biggest fear was what if I go and nothing happens? And, and maybe that gets a little bit at my own pride. Like, what if I look dumb when I come back and have no stories to share? Um, and I'm going to get... Like kind of, there's some pride, I think, in that sort of attitude. And really, um, God was challenging me to go and trust the results to him. Um, and I'm excited that I get to share some cool things that are happening over there, that God is working in my part of the world. Um, but um, today, before I get into the word, I want to just thank you guys for your support Thank you for your generosity as I've gone to sow God's word uh, in another part of the world where there aren't many followers of Jesus. Um, today, I am going to read from the parable of the sower. So you guys can turn to Luke chapter 8 in your Bibles. Uh, hopefully a familiar passage if you've been around church for any length of time. But it's really been hitting home for me lately and reminds me of the stories of some of my friends overseas. Um, also, I'll just mention, if you want to connect after service, I have um, prayer cards and an email sign-up in the lobby. If you'd like to follow along um, with my journey as I return, I'll be going back to the same place, uh, interacting with the same people. So if you want to follow along with their stories, I would love for that and for you guys um, to know how you can pray specifically. Um, let's go to Luke chapter 8, verse 4, and we're going to read... Um, story that Jesus gave us. Luke 8, 4 says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. 
And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables so that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a little while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the Thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Um, Let's pray and ask God to speak to us today. Um, Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for this story, this parable. Help us to learn and grow from it today. Speak to our hearts uh, about sowing and what our part is to play in that. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Um, So the first kind of seed we have, and I do like it that Jesus gives us the explanation. I don't know if I would have figured it out on my own without having that there. And so his disciples came and were like, help us understand what does this mean? Um, So he gives them an explanation. And the first kind of seed is, first he says the seed is God's word. So God's word is being sown into people's lives when we speak it and share it. And those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So someone's heart is kind of hard and unresponsive, like a path in the middle of a garden. It just keeps getting trampled down, and so there's not really a chance for the seed to take root. Um, I've felt like that a lot when I'm sharing with people that, man, this friend just isn't really interested. They're polite, but not really asking questions um, that shows that they want to know. But I do think it's important not to decide too early for someone else, like they're just hard soil, let's leave that alone. And the reason is, how many times did you hear God's word before you made the decision, I want to follow Jesus? Even like if you're like me and, you know, I was like four or five maybe when I chose to follow Jesus as a little kid, that was like four or five years of my parents reading God's word to me, singing songs, um, taking me to church, Sunday school teachers, like investing in my life. Um, When it's literally the first time someone's having a conversation with a Christian about Jesus or it's been a while, like you might be one of those early sowers into their life. Um, There might be things you share that are confusing or offensive or feel wrong to them in their worldview um, because you're one of those early planters. And so I want to keep sowing and sharing truth even with those that aren't yet responding. 
Um, I'm get, definitely going to spend time where I find the fruitful soil, but there's always going to be those people, the neighbors, the coworker, the, the people that are in your life and that are, um, you, you have an opportunity to like over time sow seeds into their life and sow God's word. To be honest, uh, living in a place where when I say unreached, if you were to gather like a thousand people at random from my city, you might find one or two followers of Jesus out of a thousand. It kind of feels like this, like this is sometimes the picture, um, the dry ground, I think in the next picture. This one. <laughs> we don't even have a garden growing in some places, it feels like. Um, you know, I have many friends who haven't shown an interest in when I'm sharing about God. And sometimes that can be discouraging. Um, but God wants us to keep doing our part of sowing and leave the results in his hands. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, what There's still potential in the dry ground and in those areas. The second kind of seed we have is the seed on rocky ground. It says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So there are some people who like have some initial interest, um, but when a time of testing comes, when trouble comes, uh, when they're new faith or interest in Jesus is like laughed at or unpopular or in the place where I live, like they might be face persecution for their faith. They fall away. And this reminds me of my friend Alice because she's been an eager student of God's word for two years now. She's like receiving God's word with joy as she's hearing it. Uh, she studied eight books of the Bible and says, like, I want to read them all. She asked me how many chapters were in the Bible. I was like, uh, I know how many books. I never counted up the chapters. Let's just keep going, you know. <laughs> let's, let's just take it one book at a time. And she says she wants to know what's true. She really wants to study God's word to find out if it's true. And then she moved from saying, okay, I want to know if it's true, to saying, I believe what's written about Jesus is true. And we have, in our study, it's led to deep discussions about things that are puzzling or confusing. Um, some things, she keeps coming back, though. Even though she has questions and isn't sure, like, wow, what does that work? Or is that, how does that work? Is that true? She keeps coming back and asking uh, for prayer, that God will help her to understand his word. She's been meeting weekly, specifically to study God's word. Um, it used to happen just kind of at random, but we set a time and said, let's pick this day, and this will be the day when we know we're going to meet and study God's word. She's super punctual to come to that, and one day she even said, oh, can can I have permission to miss our study? I said, like, you don't need my permission. Uh, but I did think that it showed the seriousness with which she was approaching the study, that this wasn't just something happening at random, but it was something she was going to devote time to. Um, she was taking it seriously. So when we meet, Alice joins us in singing worship songs uh, her current favorite is this one that says, Jesus is like honey, taste and see that he's good. And 
she's asked, how do I taste and see that God's good? And, you know, I've shared examples and other friends have shared examples of how we do this as Christians. Um, but our prayers that she experienced for herself, Jesus. Um, and I thought of Alice at this part of the story because the seed is growing, but the potential for trouble or persecution or testing of that faith, uh, if she makes a commitment, is very real. We read this story together and talked, like, theoretically. Well, what could it look like? What What is testing or some... Um, other accounts of this say persecution. And we talked about theoretically what it could look like. And she came back the next week and was like, oh, here's like a really practical example of like a really tough situation that would happen for me if I decide to follow Jesus. Even um, talking about it or studying it has led to people in her life saying, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. If you made this choice, I wouldn't be your friend anymore. I would, you know, reject you. And so, so far, she's felt like the cost would be too high to follow Jesus. Um, she's weighing the interest and attraction of the gospel with the real challenges that could come. Uh, she even had a dream once where I, she said I was on one side, like, pulling her on, in one direction. And, like, a family member was pulling her, who's very devout in their faith, was pulling in a different direction. And that just really illustrates, like, the tension that she's feeling. And I'm glad she's thinking seriously about it. I'm glad, and I, and I want her when she decides, like, to decide for herself. It doesn't, I don't have to be there. So maybe she'll decide while I'm over here on this side. Uh, maybe she'll decide in her home or walking down the street by herself, knowing that it was Jesus that drew her and that he can sustain her and so this may be a time where her roots are going down deep so that when she does make a decision, there will be like that staying power and that lasting um, commitment. The next kind of seed was the seed among thorns. It stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. This one I kind of relate to probably most personally just because I feel like there's always weeds I'm having to pull out that are trying to compete for God's attention in my life. Um, the weed of, you know, street, like Netflix. The weed of um, just where my thoughts want to go that isn't a godly place. Like those things, um, how I spend my time, time management and giving time to the Lord. And it's not just me. Um, where I live, like, I have a friend, Daisy, who's shown interest in God's word. And she says, I want to knock on other doors besides the faith I was raised in and see what's out there. But, you know, my community and my culture, they're so close-minded and they say not to ask questions. But, you know, I like to talk about these topics and so she's been open and curious, but one of the challenges is having consistency. Uh, she's a busy person with a lot of responsibilities, uh, goals for her future, and sometimes just finding a time when we can both get together is challenging. She knows like the opportunities there to talk about spiritual things and to study God's word, uh, but it, it sometimes is difficult for us to meet together. And so my prayer for Daisy is that she would see 
ultimately her desire, like what's going to fulfill her isn't, you know, a better job or comfort in this life or, you know, education, but it's Jesus, that that's the ultimate desire of her heart and the most fulfilling relationship. And the last kind of soil that Jesus talks about is the seed on good soil. Those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Uh, Chloe is a friend who has heard God's word and retained it. Uh, I got to be at her baptism a few years ago, and she continues to study and meet with Christians um, for, to know and retain God's word. Uh, but she still struggles with fear about how or when to share with her community. Um, she, she again, these fears are, are real. And, you know, I can't personally relate to someone's family rejecting them or treating, like, physically harming them. I can't relate to those things personally just because my family loves Jesus. <laughs> um, and maybe she can start a family like that in the future for her, but I'm really glad that Jesus speaks to those things in his word. I don't have to have exactly the personal experience of someone else to be able to point them to God's word for encouragement. I'm so grateful that the scripture can speak more powerfully to those fears of what would happen if um, Jesus walked that road. Jesus walked the road all the way to death and laying down his life. And he calls us to be willing to do the same thing. And he provides encouragement for that. Um, so remember in the beginning, I said my response to this question about my biggest fear was about what if I go and nothing happens? So what if I take a step of faith and obedience to God? I really felt God was calling me to go move overseas and to go to a place where otherwise people might not meet a follower of Jesus. But what if I don't get results? What if I'm there and I don't find the good soil? Have you ever felt this fear for yourself? Um, stepping out in faith to share Jesus with someone or offering to pray for someone, pray for healing maybe, and feeling like, God, are you going to show up? Like the results are completely beyond my control. That fear still comes up. Like moving overseas didn't make me a more spiritual person or didn't make it easier just because I got some title. Didn't make it easier for me to... Um, to, it's not like I don't struggle with those fears as well. I have a choice to speak up, to share about Jesus, to offer to pray for someone, or to be silent. Um, and all that God's asking of you and me in that moment is faithfulness and obedience. Um, to listen to that prompting in your heart to share with someone about him. And God invites us to participate in the work that he's doing in the lives of others. It's encouraging to know that God's at work and that the results aren't up to me. And it protects me from getting prideful if, if I'm in a fruitful season of life that I won't take credit for it because I know it wasn't in my strength that I was sharing. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, which talks a little more about this idea of our part and God's part in the sewing. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3 
It's written by Paul uh, to the church at Corinth. And they were behaving, Paul had to address some immaturity in their church because they were elevating their leaders and arguing over like which pastor they liked better. Uh, they were saying, you know, one guy, some of them are like, we like Paul and, you know, I'm following him. I'm listening to what he's saying. And the others are like, no, no, this guy, Apollos, like he's really where it's at. Like he's better. Like they're comparing them. And Paul wrote to remind them the right way to think about our place in God's work. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul says, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. These guys were godly men doing the task God assigned them in the place where he put them. They shared God's word at different stages. One of them was like earlier on planting seeds. The other came with like teaching and things to water those seeds. And then God made something grow and a church was planted in Corinth. And in our situations, if we think about ourselves as God's servants, I'm a planter, I'm a waterer at different times in people's lives, then the results are in his hands. If the fruit doesn't come, if I'm in a place and I'm telling people about Jesus and I'm teaching or sharing, like watering those seeds and I don't see results, God comes alongside me and says, good job, Hillary, like good job for being obedient to me. Good job for doing your part. And if you do experience a season where like things are growing and people are coming to faith in Christ, then he's like, well, good job, you're doing your part, but you don't, um, it protects you from the pride of thinking like, wow, I'm really doing something special here. <laughs> God's like, uh, no, remember those times when you were doing the same thing and nothing was happening? Like, it's me that's making things grow here. And so I live in an area where it's very hot and dry it rains like maybe five times a year. So the area usually looks like this. There's not a whole lot growing, little bits here and there, um, but just a lot of dirt and rocks. <laughs> so imagine my surprise, uh, a year, over a year ago, we had a big rainstorm. And a few months after the rain, I went on a hike and I found the area looking like this. <laughs> there, had been seeds sitting there in the dirt that I wasn't aware of before until some rain fell on them and the hills were covered in green. And this image just stuck with me as being a picture of what our seed sowing can look like at times. Um, sometimes it still looks dry. You're out there, like you're sharing with your friend and you're just not seeing any interest on their part in knowing Jesus. Um, it takes faith to believe that something will happen after years and years of nothing happening <laughs> in someone's life. Um, 
it may take a little while, even when you're watering, and it may take a little while for seeds to like germinate and grow. This photo was a couple months after the big rainstorm. It didn't immediately spring to life, but after a couple months, we real, I mean, you could see the results immediately. There is power and potential in a seed to yield fruit and to grow, no matter what you see in the moment. It's trusting God, his power, the power of his word, that as you're speaking it or sharing your testimony with people, trusting that God is going to use that um, to make new life come in someone's heart. And being willing to stick with people through the long term. I know I'm going to be going back to the same area and I have the opportunity to continue those relationships and invest for as much time as it takes uh, for someone to know Jesus. And today, I want to pray for you to be a faithful sower of God's word where you're at. Um, to be honest, during our, we had a lockdown period in our country in April and May where we were just like, stay home, stay home because of COVID. And it felt hard to sow seeds of God's word in that season. It was tough to communicate new ideas, spiritual truths over like text messages and video calls, especially when like our reception is not always great for doing those. And honestly, in that season, there was really only Alice that I was having meaningful study of God's word with, um, Chloe occasionally like encouraging her, and others other friends were like in this holding pattern of like, I'm keeping the relationship, I'm still their friend, but like I'm struggling with knowing like how do I bring up God over a text message? <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if I ever found that answer, but we were, I was with other friends there that are also trying to sow seeds and we were, we were trying to find ways and like looking to God for his help with that. And after a couple months when we were able to leave our homes and we were able to reconnect with people, um, but the, the struggle can be real to, to find ways to share about Jesus. And so today as we are finishing, um, i just like you to bow your heads um, and let's let the Lord speak to our hearts um, about Something from this message maybe that stuck out to you. Maybe God has a word of encouragement uh, that he wants to share with you to continue with what you're doing. Uh, maybe to say, like, good job. Uh, he sees you're sowing and he wants you to continue uh, in doing that. Maybe the Lord's bringing to your heart right now a reminder of someone you've been praying for, maybe for years. Maybe it's a a family member or a friend that is far from the Lord. Maybe God's reminding you of that person and just inviting you to intercede for them in prayer. Maybe God's stirring your heart for countries and places where Jesus isn't known. Maybe as I've shared my story of going to live in a different place, maybe God's calling you to do that and you're... Um, feeling a little fearful about that, but you want to listen to the Lord. Let him speak to your heart about it. Um, so I'm going to just give us a moment right now to quietly consider what God wants you to take away from this message. So let's just listen to the Lord for a minute.
it's especially on my heart right now to pray for those of you that wanna be faithful sowers of God's word, but you're finding it difficult for some reason. It might be because your interactions with people are limited because of COVID, or maybe you've kind of lost some motivation or sense of urgency. Uh, maybe you struggle just knowing how to bring up Jesus in conversation, but you know, while things and circumstances in our world may have changed the, the command from Jesus to go into the world and to preach the good news hasn't changed. And I would just like to ask, is there anyone who would want to raise their hand and just to have, say, yes, Hillary, please pray for me that God would give me more opportunities and boldness to sow seeds of his word. If that's you, could you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you. Lord, God, you see those who say, yes, Lord, I want to sow your word into people's lives. I want to tell them about Jesus. I want to see people come to know you. Lord, help us. Pray especially for those that have said, it's, it's difficult for me right now. God, would you give them your spirit's power to share? God, give them the words to speak Give them a boldness to overcome that fear when they're feeling challenged, like, oh, maybe I could say this. Should I? Lord, help by giving boldness and replacing the fear with, with your peace and your courage, Lord. God, help us to sow seeds of your word in our community around us and beyond uh, to other places of the world. Help us to See your kingdom grow and spread. Thank you, Lord.
on earth has been done after the utterance of two words use me Lord use me and I hope that's your prayer today that you would plant seeds that you would be a light that you would care about people around you and people you'll never meet and say Lord use me to impact this world while I can. I just got a sense that somebody here today thought that they could never, ever be used by God to share their faith. You're not smart enough. You're not this. You're, and today was your day where you realized, no, God can use you. And that's a good day. Amen. We're going to um, dismiss today. There is a lunch down the hallway. There's an altar here to pray at. There's a table outside with all kinds of information about mission trip opportunities and things that you can do. Hillary will be out there as well. You can go by and just thank her if you're willing to. Next weekend is going to be a very, very highlight uh, Sunday in our church. And I want to encourage you to be here uh, next Sunday. Maybe we'll just kind of add some rows and see what we can do. All right. God bless you. Have an incredible week. Amen.